everything set? Well, I, yeah, so I did all the. It didn't click in. Oh, cool! Uh, welcome oh, to hi. hi. <laughs> uh, welcome to Fibers and Acres. Uh, my name's Ashley. <laughs> we did this last time. My name's Rick. <laughs> I know, but I stole it from Ross and Carrie, and it's really funny. I like it. Is it Ashley? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Rick. Uh, this Fibers and Acres. And this is a podcast all about. Homes, a humorous look, ah, a humorous look at homesteading, husbandry, and viviculture. Horticulture. Oh, oh man, I was so silly. We're doing alliteration, silly. (laughs) Uh, So, this is a continuation of the episode before the episode that you're listening to now. Well, no, the episode before this was the New Year's one, Mm -hmm. but this is, we're going back. Going back. Well, part so, two of preservation. Part two, yes. Right? That's what I was going to say, yeah. Preservation. We're going to preserve things. Yeah. Canning. Canning? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, check it. We were going to do this sooner, but then we started looking into the history of canning and all the stuff about canning, and we went, oh, wow, there's a lot more about canning but then than we, we were ready for. Decided, okay, we're never going to do this if we just go all the way into it. So there's tons of good resources out there. We're going to kind of skim the top of everything uh, and give you, you and generalizations you, about some of it. But Speaking of skinning the top, skim. that is a th- skimming the top. That's a thing you do in canning. Oh, when you're making you skim the top. Sometimes there's some muck on the top and you skim that off when you're boiling the stuff. <laughs> See, it's already relating. It's already oh, educational. Ready. Uh, Is that our segue? Bing bong. No, no, it wasn't. First <laughs> oh, off, wait, yeah, we have to talk about. Got to get the farm this week on the farm. Let's see the I little. I feel like it's been like. Yeah, we'll just still say this week. It's okay. okay. Uh, the the little deaf girl sheep. Mickey. I don't know if we've told you guys. She's oh, deaf. Mickey. Deaf Mickey. is a board. Uh, Is that a thing? Is that a saying? <laughs> deaf is a doornail. Yeah. No, deaf. That's no, that's dumb dead. As, dead as a doornail. Dead as dumb, a door. No, dumb. <laughs> dead, as a, dead as a doornail. Dumb, right. Deaf is a deaf is. A, she's just deaf. Stone, <laughs> stone deaf. That's a thing you okay, say. Sure. She's stone deaf, and uh, she has taken to sleeping in the middle of the field on her, on side. her side. Not yes. how sheep are supposed to be sleeping. Like she yes. just looks dead. Like sheep don't generally sleep on their side unless they're like bloating or like. Yeah, least, like, I mean, that's a sign they're going to be dead soon. So you should usually be like, ah, oh no, it's on its side. Rush out there, check it, and then if you need to, jam a needle into its uh, uh, rumen sack yeah. and vent the excess gas while the vet's coming. Uh, no, this is just how she sleeps. So the she, first time, and she conks out, so you can't tell, you know, like, yeah, you she can't, can't see hear her anything. breathing from a distance. And we're like, oh no! So the other day, I was like, she might be sleeping, but all right, let's go. We like, we stop the car, we go. We got what four feet from her? Probably not even that. Like, yeah, less than four feet. feet. And she goes, whoop! <laughs> she jumps know. up her eyeballs. You <laughs> saw like the white of her eyes. She was like, oh crap! And just bolts. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were like, all right. But yesterday she was doing it again. And so we were like, all right, we'll just watch her for a minute. And luckily, one of the other sheep walked over by her, and she did the same thing. 
Polly walk next to her and she's like, oh crap! <laughs> Just up and runs. Oh, I feel it's like hilarious. Just, you know, that one friend of yours that you know, you just touch when they're sleeping and they jump out of their skin out yeah. of bed. <laughs> yeah, totally like that. Um, so that's been fun lately, watching her. She's also been trying to escape a bunch lately. Oh, she has. She's gotten she up and- three, four times the other day. Uh, part of it was the electric fence uh, was shorting somewhere. Yeah, so we got that fixed. Uh, and then we tested it. Well, I didn't test it. I was at work. On the phone with Ashley. And Ashley was like, I think it's working. I was like, well, there's one way to tell. I'm gullible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have a we have a tester. I mean, the tester was, was hitting, but it didn't seem like it was, like... Uh, yeah, I touched it. <laughs> and she said, and I quote, Youch! <laughs> It was very cartoony. Yeah, it totally. <laughs> it was like a, it was after dark. I don't know, like eight p.m. or something. And I'm just laying on the ground, looking at the stars. They were very nice. I'm waiting for my body to recover a little. <laughs> so so that, at least we know this fence is working well now. Yeah, that was hilarious, and I didn't get to see it. Uh. uh also, in fencing, we let's see. Let's start with part one. We reassembled a gate section, removed an entire segment of fence. Yeah, a bunch um, of old... Barbed wire wire. and old electric wire uh, from this area that doesn't need fenced off anymore. Uh, It will be fenced off, but it'll be... With range wire. Range wire, and we'll have, um, hopefully, some some produce going in that area. What, what? Uh, Then we decided to get to the T-posts. Now, I don't know if I told you guys about the T-posts before... We may have mentioned it, but like we we did a lever, you know, just a. a I yeah. don't know if we talked about the lever part though. So we got I just got a pipe. It's about six six foot long, maybe seven, and uh, wrap these a chain around the bottom of the T post. Any way that we were trying. So preface with these T posts were in to stay. Whoever yeah, put we them in like, before. We're hardcore. So we, we wrap a chain around the bottom, hook the chain to this uh, long pole, steel pole. Uh, it's about an eighth-inch wall. And me and Ashley both on the far end of the pole putting Hanging, down. Yeah. yeah. Hanging off of it, sitting on like, it. If the math is right, it was around a ton of force that we were able to put on this. Uh, and um, nothing happened. Didn't budge. Actually, we bent the pole. Yeah, we did bend the pole. <laughs> an, an eighth inch wall steel pipe. Yeah. And we, we, we bent it. So, uh, so we then were like, it rained. It rained, which was awesome. So, so now we're getting yes. grass and stuff coming up and the ground's a lot softer. So we're like, okay, let's try it again. And we got one. Got one. And it was four feet Yeah. Deep. It was four feet in the ground. Four feet deep. Like there's what it's not structural. <laughs> you don't need it. You don't need it four yeah, feet like, deep. <laughs> there's no call for that. None. We're like, what were they trying to keep in? Like, I was like, is this a T Rex cage? What the heck? It's <laughs> <laughs> insane. Yeah, it came up above my waist. So uh, we tried on others. It weren't. It was oh, not going to happen. It was no. It was no. It was no. So, this weekend, 
we, me, Jeremy, Miranda, and Mike, we got the tractor out and using the bucket with the chain around the pole and trying to just lift the bucket. I don't know how much that bucket can technically lift. With us standing on the back to give it counterweight, it, it wouldn't do it. Like the hydraulics just wouldn't lift the T-post out of the ground. So we, Jeremy just drove and finally got them out. <laughs> There's three that are embedded in the trees of heaven, uh, which are very uh, invasive species of they're not. A, are they tree? I guess they're a tree. I don't, they look I mean, like they a tree. Look, they may be a plant. I don't uh, know the difference. I'm no botanist or an arborist. Right. But they're called colloquially. Collo- yeah. I can never say that Their word. colloquial name is, is Tree of Heaven. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy calls them the Tree of Hell. Oh. Hey, oh. <laughs> Take that, Tree of Heaven. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. That was pretty good. We. Accomplish a lot in fencing. We, we really there was a lot in do, fencing. We, yeah, we did a lot in fencing. I mean, yeah, that that's yay fencing. Uh, that's three quarters of farm work. And then uh, what else? Anything else new on the farm? Uh, neighbor got some new kittens, but they're not kittens; they're cats. I guess they're like a year old. She said uh, they're three years old. Maybe they're three years old. Who knows? Uh, uh, the grass is starting to grow, so all the animals are happy and starting to nibble down stuff. The chickens are... Oh, the chickens are laying. I can't remember if we said oh, that. Oh, yeah, chickens are laying. And Jolene, uh, the Franken-chicken, or Fiberton's monster, she's doing great. She's doing really well. Uh, uh, she got a friend. I don't know if we mentioned that. Another one hurt its head somehow. So she has a friend now. Yeah, she has a roommate now in solitary there. So I guess it's not solitary now. Now it's just group rehab. She was not super thrilled at first. She no. was like, I'm an only child. But she's adjusting. She's adjusting. <laughs> uh, man, she cracks me up. She she sleeps on top of the rabbit cages, which are elevated. They're like five feet high, and then she sleeps on top of them until we put her away with all the yeah. rest of the chickens at night. I know, which... It's slightly problematic because I really don't want her pooping on there, but... <laughs> but she hangs her butt off the side usually. Yeah, mostly it's fine. Uh... <laughs> you guys needed to know this. It's very important. Uh, yes. And then <laughs> we also have modified the coop some to be adapted for all of our crazy chickens. Yeah, we made we made coop mods, as they call it. Good old it's a coop modded mod. coop. It's a modded coop. Do you know why... Uh, chicken coops have two two doors. I feel like you've done this on here before. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> if it had four, it'd be a chicken sedan. Hey! I probably have, but I love that joke. I think I did it like <laughs> last week when Miranda was on the show, didn't I? I was kind of wondering if that was the case. Uh, That's okay. Need to check my uh, joke book. <laughs> what else? Um, yeah, we prepped after the fact for rain. Now, yes. now it won't rain, so. <laughs> I know. Well, we did we did everything we can. Can? can. Cans? Canning. Oh. What? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Uh, uh so Yeah, so we were talking about canning. 
I thought canning was going to go way back when I started my research. Way, way back. It doesn't. Uh, 1809. That's not as far back as you'd think, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's 200 years. But I thought it was going to go, like, Elizabethan canning. I don't know. I don't know when Elizabethan times it. I just realized that I have no idea. You're just like, saying things. You're like... Yeah, maybe, I thought, like, maybe Shakespeare would have been using a can. You know? Yeah. Like, but no. No, 1809. By Nicholas Alpert. Appert? Appert. Uh, yeah, it was during the Napoleonic Wars. Napoleon wanted a way to be able to transport fruits and vegetables and meat and stuff to his soldiers. So he offered a 12,000 franc reward for somebody who could come up with uh, canning. Really? Yeah, with a way of preserving food. Uh, yeah, here, one second. How much is 12,000 francs in dollars? So I'm Googling. 12,000 Swiss francs equals 12,463 United States dollars and 68 cents. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's a lot of money. Actually, it's right I about mean, the same. It would have been a lot different then, but in 1809. Right, but, but. Yeah, yeah. So that was, <laughs> he basically, like, that was, you win the lottery, son, if you can come up with that. Yeah. So what he used was uh, glass bottles. Basically like a milk bottle. Okay. Uh, and then he would uh, cork it, seal it with wax, and then boil it. And that was that was canning. That was the first canning. How many people died? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't cover that, but it was but apparently... But technically that is canning. I yeah. mean... And it was apparently successful, but successful it was uh, that problematic it... in that it was glass jars, it was slow, it would take and up to six hours... Her thing, you'd have to boil it for like six uh, hours, and like that's how they get the inner temperature to reach high enough. Yeah, and uh, so it wasn't great. And Napoleon's army was so spread out, and there were so many people that it didn't. They used it, but it wasn't everything they'd hoped. But it was a way to preserve food in another fashion. Yeah, and then uh, what? One year later, Felipe de Grand. Gerard. Gerard. Yep, that's it. <laughs> uh, he he came up with the tin can. Sealed with lead solder. <clears throat> lead solder. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, here's a great fact. I did think you know every... you're not supposed to eat or lick lead? Yeah, you're not. <laughs> they didn't know that, however. Uh, here's a fun fact. Huh. 1850? Mm-hmm. That's when the can opener was invented. <laughs> So 40 years later, they invented the can opener. I just had to use your use bayonet your or knife. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was 1810. And then in the uh, mid 1800s, it actually became a status symbol. To have something canned? Yes, because it was so expensive. Oh, to like to have like a tin can kind? Any or? kind. Any kind of preserved canned food. Yeah? Was actually a status symbol. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. And uh, the first cannery in America was uh, by Robert Ayers. Ayers. A-Y-A-R-S. That's Ayers? Ayers. All right. I don't know. Uh, It was in New York City in 1812. Oh, really? Yeah. And he preserved oysters, meats, fruits, and vegetables. Oysters. 
Yes. Uh, and they, so the Crimean War, the Civil War, and the Franco-Prussian War introduced increased numbers of working-class men to canned food. So they, uh, yeah, mostly served to the military, and then they would adapt after the big wars and stuff. They would uh-huh. adapt their stuff to be uh, for the public. And so Victorian Britain demanded ever-increasing quantities of cheap varied, cheap, varied quality food that they could keep at home without having to go shopping every day. And companies such as Nestle and Heinz and others provided quality canned food for sales to city dwellers at that point. That's so crazy, huh? Right? And then, like, World War I, of course, was uh, a huge boost to canned food. So this I had to I had to bring up the Italian army experimented with canned ravioli, spaghetti and minestrone. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, oh, this was the best. What? During World War 1. Yeah, there were shortages of canned food in the British army. So how did they deal with it the British government? Oh, they would they just issued cigarettes and amphetamines to soldiers. <laughs> So, like, oh, you won't be hungry? Then? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're like, you have a... That's c- not how this works. Have a cigarette and some amphetamines. <laughs> that you won't want to eat as much. Snap. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious to me. And you're like, well, you'll be fine. Uh, All we really need is a body for a little <laughs> while, so... <laughs> exactly. Uh, in my... So, remember my... Special Chevron Ortho book. Yes. When the Good Cook Gardens from the 70s. Which I will say real quick, I'll preface with use updated books for canning. Yes. Things have changed. Things we we Things we've, have changed. We but have done is, we have done science. Yeah. There's certain things like we'll I'll talk about some of the old methods of canning that you should not do. But uh they talked about um, the fact that, you know, before canning, all you had was preserving by pickling, drying, salting. Uh, which, I mean, pickling, I always thought of kind of as a can thing, but maybe they would just like... You know, I don't know if Basically sort of like it. fermenting or pickling yeah. foods. Um, but yeah, otherwise you had to basically, you know... Eat it really quick. So. <laughs> right. You get kind of Eat it now. So, uh, remember I brought up the can opener? Mm-hmm. So, can opener actually is originally Japanese, and it's called Kubi Hishigi. Okay. And it is a hyperflexing neck crank that can be applied from the opponent's guard or from a mounted position by grabbing the opponent's head <laughs> using the hands and forcing it towards the chest of the opponent. Uh, if applied effectively in a competition, it may force the opponent to submit. So it's named after a... Oh, oh, no, sorry, I clicked the wrong hyperlink. Sorry, that was the... <laughs> the wrestling mood move. There's the a wrestling... can opener. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> sorry, just... <laughs> I was like, oh, it was named after... Uh... It was on their disambiguation page for Hanover. Oh, it was geez. like see this for the grappling bolt. See spinal lock and can opener. <laughs> uh the can opener was uh uh patented in England in eighteen fifty five. 
actually. Or tin opener. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, can. Just everybody, you can throw this out at any time. Just, to, I mean, like, drop it on some conversation. Here you go. Can? Like, tin mm-hmm. can? It's short for tin canister. It's a canister. <laughs> Duh. There you go. <laughs> so now, while well, I will be speaking with someone, I used a tin canister when I was... Yes. <laughs> I opened the tin canister. That's how all my recipes are going to be. Then... Next, open the tin canister. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Do it. Are you doing more history, or should we jump into some canning? Uh, so, real quick, I was just going to say that if you, like us, keep breaking your can openers. for Like, there was a while, for some reason, we could not keep a can opener operating yeah. for more than, like, three months. I don't know what the deal was. This is all plastic. But... There is, uh, you guys can look this up, it's going to be hard to describe, it's called the P-38 can opener, and it was developed in 1942 for the American military uh, during World War II, right? And it is, uh, and they used it all the way through the 1980s, Uh, and it's still made... Distributed for the K rations. Yeah, it's it's a little flat disc with a little like it almost looks like a on it like a hinge. Yeah, but it's hinged. The second part of the hinge is the a hooked knife. Yeah, and those things I grew up. My dad had those like a bunch of them, and they work awesome. Like and they're they're a hundred percent reliable and they're real small. They have it pictured next to a penny, which is yeah. So it's small. I mean, the advantage is is it's cheap to manufacture. Okay, whatever light small, to, small light to carry, light. easily attached to a keychain or dog tags. Yeah. So anyway, it's that's and probably not gonna break. No, just metal. Okay, uh, real quick, there was Are one other. Are we doing other... all this stuff on can openers now? No, there was one other. <laughs> One other. Uh, this episode is about can openers. <laughs> so historically, or tin canister. Openers. There was a, there was a boat steamboat wreck mm-hmm. in the 1860s. Okay. And in the 1960s, they found it, and it had tin canned food in it. Oh, really? And they ate some, and they all survived. They checked that. First, right? Like, no. Could, could, what? No, it just ate some. They said it tasted awful, right? And it was, think- but nobody got sick. It was still fine to eat. <laughs> They're like, eh, what's a little botulism? They didn't know what botulism was. In the really? well, they might have. I don't know. In the 1960s, maybe. Well, I don't know. Your book would say if they knew what botulism was. They knew what botulism was. Oh, okay. They just didn't quite know how to prevent it for a long time. Uh, so while you may think of canning as like a tin can, right? Mm-hmm. You think of a canned thing. Well, we know there's the bottle or the glass jars, like ball right. jars and everything else. Technically, laminate vacuum pouches are also used for ca- canning. Oh. oh okay. Such as MREs. Yeah. And Capri Suns. Those are technically <laughs> canned. <laughs> Capri Suns are the best. Do they cover those <laughs> the in best. your book? No, they didn't because they didn't exist. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, 
Okay, you're going to cover... Well, I wanted you're to tell do some now stuff. about the crazy ways that they used to do some of it. Well, then I'll just real quick bring up... They can use ionizing radiation, submersion in a strong saline solution, acid, bases, osmotically extreme, for example, sugary, and other microbially challenging environments to help prep the food while you're canning it. So, like, but a, lo- a sufficient dose of ionizing radiation. That well, just sounds fancy. I'm going to have to, like, actually fancy. look up, like, what that... I'm sure what that it's entails. Not something that you can do at home, but what? You know. Maybe you can. Maybe it's just like shining a UV light at it. Nobody knows. Nobody. Knows. Nobody knows. There's no way there's to know. There's no way to. There's know. no way to know. Okay, here are the got? canning methods to avoid. So here, there's okay. two. There are two canning methods that are approved methods: the water bath canning and pressure canning. That's, That's it. it. Don't do anything else. If someone says you could do it like this, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> just don't. Like, okay, oven method. Don't don't stick your cans in the oven. Filled jars are placed in a hot oven. It's unsafe because the food's internal temperature most likely won't become hot enough to just... So the thing is, is you, depending on if it's a high acid food, it needs to get to 212 internally after you put it in the can. Right. And then if it's a low acid food... Then it needs to be done in a pressure canner because that's the only right. way for it has to get to, up to 240. It 240, to right. It has to be above 220. Or you could it's do it... 240 is the point in which you can kill botulism. Okay, so... But you have to kill it at that point if it has botulism and you go... Because you should cook your food, like if you're doing a low-acid food. Uh, you need to... Like, you know, say you do green beans, you pressure canned green beans, you should still boil those or cook the beans for like 15, 20 minutes after you take it out just to be on the safe side. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, high acid foods, botulism doesn't do well in, so that's great. But uh, So that's the thing is you need the internal temperature of that canned food to get back up to a certain temperature to kill everything. So... It's hard to get all the way through. That's the thing. So, so wait, it has meth- to go to 240. So theoretically, if you could... For every 500 feet below sea level, mm-hmm. the, temp- the boiling temperature will increase by just under one degree. So if you could go a few... Hundred, uh, yeah. About like 50,000 feet below sea level. You could just do a hot water boil. <laughs> the center of the earth. There you go. <laughs> like it would be, you'd I be mean, fine. You'd be fine. Also, if you're at the center of the earth, it's probably warm enough to kill anything. No, so. yeah, fair point. Fair point. Magma. <laughs> magma. Is that I'm a, magma is canned. That, is that a, I think that is an is approved that an method. Option? Is that an approved option? Magma. We're canned. wrong. There's now three approved methods, uh, one of which is magma. Botulism is very interesting, though. Okay. It's totally freaky, but you shouldn't not can because of it because it's like I was reading an article that said that the cases of botulism there's only like a few a year that are from food-borne botulism because there's other kinds of botulism. Oh. There's there's more than there's more than one botulism. 
Yeah, there were like four. Uh, I don't remember them all, but the, one of them's like one of them was infant botulism. I don't know what that is, but but the I one... think that's botulism you get from eating infants. <laughs> no, that's just the foodborne botulism. Oh, is that just foodborne? All right. Uh, yeah. So we have foodborne botulism, which um, that's what you get from canning. Yeah, though. which is what and. The article I read in 2015, there were only four related deaths in the country. And the article I read also said there were more vending machine deaths than... (laughs) Okay, everybody (laughs) points out, that's like the the common, like, you're more likely to die from a vending machine than blank. What are people doing with vending machines? Apparently they just roll them on top of each other. Is that like a form of suicide? <laughs> no, it's like when you're really cold, right? You're like, that vending machine looks warm. Just pull it on top of me like a blanket, I will. <laughs> Please, sir. <laughs> I, I have a vending machine. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so, so there's vending but, machine botulism? Yes. Is that? That was one of them. Okay. Know? That one causes more deaths than what? foodborne. Uh, so... Going back to the methods to avoid. Right. So you don't get botulism. Uh, like I said, the oven method. We already kind of talked about that. Open kettle method. This one actually in some of the older books you'll find it. So like that 170s book, the Chevron one, uh-huh. it talks about this. It's basically just making your food in an open, you know, like it's open to the air. So you're just stirring, you know, maybe you're making applesauce. You don't have a lid for it. Okay. You stir it. You stick it in the jars and hope that the jars seal themselves. Oh, gee. So you don't stick the jar back in water afterwards. You just hope that it seals and there was enough heat in it to, to work. So that one's not so advised don't, don't, anymore. Don't do that one. Steam method. Uh, a shallow covered pan with a rack in the bottom. After the jars uh, are filled, you place them in the pan and steam them. Still not enough stuff no. to... Can't, can't actually superheat the food. Microwave? Don't do that. Don't Yeah, don't microwave can. All microwaves heat differently, and there's no way to set a standard for yeah. making sure. Also, I mean, well, all the fanning I see, ways I, I, peaked, I do. I peeked over just now. Yeah, I no, saw the next one. one. I saw the next one. <laughs> uh, before, when you have, like, all of the canning jars I have have metal lids so you're like let's just stick this in the microwave (laughs) sure seems legit a dishwasher (laughs) don't can your stuff in a dishwasher how is that uh apparently people think it'll get hot and it's hot in there okay you can wash your jars and sanitize them in the dishwasher don't use the dishwasher to actually can food That to come over to someone's house and they pull out a jar out of there. <laughs> Sorry. Of food. Ding. Oh, my canning's done. Aspirin. Apparently, at one point in time. Don't laugh uh, at this. Read the whole paragraph. Okay, so, this is out of the Canning and Preserving for Dummies, the second edition. Uh, I found this at the thrift store. It says aspirin. Don't laugh at this, but at one time, aspirin was used as a substitute for the heating process. What? It does contain a germicidal agent that acts as a preservative, but the agent doesn't destroy the enzyme that causes deterioration in food and food spoilage. So, so actually, like, that makes it sound like it's almost still a legit 
But the other thing I read said that it was it it wasn't actually uh Oh okay. Let's see if I can find is it. it is enough. it like half legit? Is that what it used to be legit. Like wow. that used to be a thing uh that people did. But let's see if I can Headspace find it. Methods okay. to avoid. There's no so in this one it says aspirin uh it has it a weak acts, germicide. It's a weak germicidal. Okay. So there's no evidence to indicate it, it accept the, its acceptability for preventing spoilage. It's no effect on enzymatic reactions to cause deterioration. Okay. And because there's no heat treatment, the no vacuum form can seal oh, the container. Oh, okay. Oh, so you, you just straight up throw an aspirin in a... Throw an aspirin in oh. and go, I hope it'll be all right. I thought it was like an aspirin <laughs> along with eating it. But no, it's just you throw an, a- an aspirin and some applesauce. Like, wouldn't that like affects like your? I mean, you're like, I've got a headache. Eat some of this applesauce. <laughs> Special applesauce or headache applesauce. <laughs> and oh, then that's great. Uh, the wax or paraffin seal. That's the original way of doing it. Yeah. But was not not great. It's not, not real reliable. No. And uh, botulism can still develop. So, yeah. Uh, that was, that was some major, major no-no. So if you see something, if you get a 70s book like I have and it comes yeah, up with some other also idea. Also Google. You, you want to back up Google that stuff, right? Just go, mm, is this, is this the way? Is this how yeah. do Um, so you should always, here's now going into actually. Killing. How to the correct way. Uh, <laughs> correct way. So there's a pH level, um, in, so, so. Fruits, basically fruits and tomatoes are, which are a fruit, but everyone, you know, can right. think about, uh, are high in acid. So I'm sure I've said this before, but the difference between knowledge and wisdom, knowledge is knowing the tomato is a fruit, not a vegetable. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. <laughs> I don't know. Some of these old recipes I'm finding, <laughs> they put some weird stuff together. Uh... So, uh, tomatoes and fruits, those have a pH level that are lower than 4.6. Okay. Meaning that they're, they're high in acid. Right. They're, oh, is it lower is acidic and higher is basic? Right. Okay. So if it's above, so like most fruits are in the three, three percent or whatever. Three. Yeah. Just a pH of three. The acidity. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Lower is more acidic. Oh, I kept getting that right. Wrong. Tomatoes are like closer to four. And then at four and a half, like 4.6 is when they say now you have to switch to um, pressure canning because you need to get the higher. So okay. that's pretty much all your vegetables, definitely your meats, you know, all that kind of stuff has to be pressure canned because you have to kill this stuff. And then you have like certain things like molds can grow. Yeast can grow in back, and some bacteria can grow in the higher acidity, acid, which yeah. is why you still have to do the pressure can, or the the water bath, right? Which will kill, kill those. it because of the heat, right? You yeah. have to add the heat. You have to think about too, like you know, when that open canning method, they probably were like, oh, it was cooked, it's hot, put it in there, and right. that probably would seal a lot of the times would seal the lid, but they didn't think about. When you're going through the whole process, 
you're pouring it in a jar and the jar should be sterilized, but what if it's not completely and what if when you touch something so it's right. all these cross contamination. Yeah. Right. You can be introducing uncooked bacteria, mold, yeast. So you try Although, to do everything you with can a lot ahead of the, of time. A lot but... of the yeast, if that got in there, all it does is make it a funky booze. It doesn't actually right. make it poisonous. Uh, that's the nice thing about the at like this. The high, the strong acid ones is right. that it's like you're if you get unlikely to get botulism. You're gonna see. So right. the thing with botulism, you can't see or taste it. Right. But but if you get a you mold, know, get a you mold, can see it. See you it. can taste it. If it's a yeast, yeast it'll gonna, and it lived, it'll turn it, it into booze. If it's a bacteria, that's that's, when, a, that's where it's iffy, right? Right. But because the bacteria botulism is a bacteria, and it's one of the few bacteria that can grow in a non that actually thrives in. Um, without oxygen. Oh, okay. So that's why it, because actually it's everywhere, like we're exposed to it. Right, we, it just it doesn't grow. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the quick and dirty there. Um, so, and then uh, I have one that, you know, like if you find a ball jar, like their blue book, their guide to canning and freezing. Have they always been? They've been really good i mean oh, okay. i would find a newer edition than what i have mine is still older but um it, it'll give you the figures on like temperature in which you can kill stuff it's it's mostly interesting you don't have to know all this stuff to can but it's interesting to know uh oh wait there was a i've never pressure canned but i have done tons of um water bath canning and the things you usually do with water bath are like, uh, you got your jams and jellies, your butters, so like apple butter, pear butter, you know, all those kinds of things. They have a lot of sugars that also, um, a lot of bacteria don't like to deal with. Oh, really? Yeah, sugars, I guess, are one that uh, are also a preservative. Oh, that's... I would assume that yeasts might like it, but... I don't know for sure. I know most of the time, but they're not. Bacteria doesn't like sugar. Um, and then also your tomato and tomato sauces. Now, I was reading something where it was like, you can technically uh, do like a tomato sauce with other vegetables in it, but you really shouldn't just water bath can that. There's still hmm. the acidity from the tomatoes, but uh, acidity is lowered. The pH is higher. I just got that. I don't Basically, yes. your acidity No, is not lowered. basically. Ah. Yes, basically, if your acidity is it lower, It becomes it's more basic. basic yes. When you add other vegetables, so you should always um, just stick to the high acids and that if you're doing so regular uh, water bath canning. You're talking about home canning, and when most people home can, they're going to be using a jar. Right. Which uh, is named, the mason jar is named after John Landis Mason, who first invented and patented it in 1858. It's a molded glass jar uh, with a threaded lid, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Don't reuse the lids. Right. You can reuse the, uh, can, the the screw part. The, it's called the ring. The ring, right? But not the lids. Don't reuse yeah. those. You can't. So there's they the way those tops 
the the lids are made is there's a special like like a rubberized sort of agent around the edge right and it's a one-time use right uh and then ball jars uh were founded in buffalo new york uh but it's headquartered in broomfield colorado now in 1880 so they've both been around since 1858 and then 1880 so ball is the the second okay uh mason jars were the first but it's funny because i hear him call ball jars more frequently than mason jars well it's like kleenex it's the brand name right but so is mason mason jars are still Uh, a brand so ball jar and mason jar are both ball and cur are like the major ones oh yeah you're right Anyway. I thought Mason was the generic term. That's no, no, Mason Jar is the... They were a company, it says. They used to be called Mason Style Jars when other people did them. So the things you basically need is good cooking stuff. You're going to... Like, I find for me, while I'm making whatever I'm making, so applesauce, apple butter, jams, jellies tomato sauce i've only ever water bath can so um those or pickling you can pickle right, you because can the vinegar is pretty safe yeah we've been we covered that in our last one mm-hmm. under preservation of just dousing stuff in vinegar so on those um kind of i use my uh i have an enamel uh dutch oven that works really well to cook stuff in because it helps evaporate the bigger, like, I guess the wider the surface, there's more surface area, and it helps um, get rid of water faster. Yes, that is correct. More surface area exposed. Yes. So, uh, and it's thick, so it doesn't, you can leave it for a while and it won't burn as easy. Uh, you want your spoons and knives and cleaning utensils, food brushes, you know, all that good stuff. Um, measuring cup. And then... Mason used to make milk jugs, too. Oh, really? Yeah. You know that I saw ball, the Ball Jar logo on the back of, um, I think it was Miller, or Miller Beer. Oh. I think so, it's canned in one of their facilities or something. Ball bought the patent from Mason. Oh. Um, you also probably want, like, well, you need a, if you're doing the... Uh, water bath canning you need a canner they're big giant pots and there's like a wire rack that sits down in there and you want that because you don't want the jar to sit directly on the surface of the uh, pot right you need circulation all around the the jar right better circulation it makes it more even so and those are big you know they're real big and then um, funnel, you'll want a funnel. You'll want the jar lifter, which is that, it looks like kind of like crazy tongs. Yeah, it has that, rubber on the end a lot of times. And that way you can lift the jars out of the water. Um, Don't just reach in and grab them. Yeah, that's that a, hurts. That's not a good idea. It's a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, your jars with your lids. And then, oh, there's a bubble. Like, they make like little plastic, uh, they just look like long plastic knives or something you kind of like that and it's to free the bubbles on the inside of the jar after you pour it in because you want less air oh right right the least amount of air in there so 
Is that the so basics? Little, of... I mean, there's a little bit of investment to canning, but... But it pays dividends, man. Yeah. It really you're does. You're going to end up... Uh, Making your own stuff. And being able to, you know, maybe you start a garden and find out the things you like to can. And yeah. The main investment really, though, is only in a pressure canner. Well, I mean, but even a, bo- a water bath canner, you have to get the canner and the, can- the bottles. Yeah, but those are all small investment stuff. I would say, like, under $100 for all this stuff, depending on what you want to do, but... And, I mean, if you do it in your microwave, it's even cheaper. (laughs) I heard that you can do that. (laughs) Throw an aspirin in there, throw it in the microwave, and then follow it up with the dishwasher. You're good to go. Don't worry. It's the worst idea I've ever heard. So, all of the books that I read through is, like, just follow the instructions on your recipe. (laughs) <laughs> right. Like, Otherwise, don't they really say. Don't go off recipe. Just follow the directions on your recipe. Uh, I love in the, the Ball Jar uh, Blue Book, they have a whole like garden planning guide. Like, what's high in vitamins A and C? What's oh, high in vitamin A? So they. What are uh, starchy vegetables? You know, like, in that way you can plant stuff. And then this so, is how to. Here's another thing. Kind of cool. A lot of people think canned food uh, has less vitamins, mm-hmm. but it actually doesn't. They've done lots of studies on it. Uh, I, if you guys want, I can send you the links I found. Uh, but um, apparently, it doesn't destroy any more uh, vitamins than cooking the thing. And in a lot of cases, it doesn't destroy really any that we use. Mm-hmm. Actually, according to a thing I was reading earlier, the dietary fiber gets partially broken down during the canning process since it's low and slow, mm-hmm. like up to the up to that point. It makes it easier for your colon to process the dietary fiber in canned vegetables than in oh, fresh vegetables. That's interesting. Right? Uh, oh, I also... Um, one, I can't remember if I said this already, but if you pressure can something... Uh, you do still want to cook it. Did I say that already? No, you did not. I don't know if I did. But if you pressure can something, you, you want to cook, cook it, it first. after. Well, so like, well, you, you do, you go according to the recipe. So you usually have to blanch the okay. leaves or whatever. Um, usually always do hot canning. But then after you open your can of food, you should cook that food again. Oh, really? Yeah, to help kill anything that might still be there because those are so low in pH. Or okay, no, but wait, acid. what about like spam? How come you don't have to cook spam? Well, it's the stuff that you can. I don't know about. Oh, industrial maybe yeah. different. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That but makes. You are pressure canning something. If I'm pressure canning some some it. spam, yeah. I should open it and cook it yeah. again. Okay, exactly. all right. Fair enough. I'll do that when I make uh, my homemade spam. So say you are making... Yes. Delicious. <laughs> you look at me as though it was a joke. It was not a joke. I wish to make some my own spam. Uh, yeah? Yeah. I'm just gonna... What are you, just grind up some... Yeah, I don't know what you put in it. Look it up. A recipe. I'm not gonna go freehand in it. Good. That's the point. That's the point of what to. I was saying. I know. <laughs> Um, you do have to, depending on your altitude, you have to change the amount of time that you can't, like, put it in the bath or in the pressure. Right. Cooker. If you're two miles below sea level, 
then and you're fine. Yeah, you're good. You probably like five minutes. Tops. But maybe you're above sea level. <laughs> oh, okay. And you highly add, less likely, but okay. Uh, you would add different times too. So, like, say it says to can it for ten minutes. If you're two thousand feet above sea level, you'd want to increase that by two minutes. So it would be twelve minutes instead. Oh, okay. And you can find altitude charts. Um, anywhere you know, look it up online or find a book and um but yeah you'll want to kind of note that as well uh it is an important thing to consider when canning for sure because mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, so- my dad actually had a friend they went hiking and they were they were up in the mountains mm-hmm. and he boiled the creek water uh-huh. and then drank it uh but he did not uh realize how high up they were and he just barely boiled it and he still caught something from uh, the creek water. Uh, oh, that's a good point. It messed up his stomach for like six months. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but it was because he didn't boil it long enough. Uh, because it didn't actually boil at 212 anymore. And whatever was in it uh, still got to him. Yeah, isn't that neat? Wow, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So, I, I mean... I'm like, isn't that neat? I mean, interesting. That interesting. That you got a stomach thing and <laughs> didn't feel well for a long time? No, but it is interesting because you think, oh, I'll just boil this. It'll be fine. Yeah. You need to do certain amount of time on stuff to... Yeah, no. When I drank water in China, mm-hmm. uh, we had the kettle. The little, it, it's a tea kettle, so it boils like and then it shuts off. kettle, yeah. Yeah. And it's electric. Mm-hmm. So, me and uh, Tom and... I'll, like the way we all did it was we would boil if we used tap water we'd boil it and then we'd let it sit for like a minute and then we would boil it again just to make sure before we right. made tea with it no reason to chance it that's for sure yeah um so I oh mean, and this is a bunch of stuff you yeah, can you can, can. This like, you can can grapes uh huh oh I guess that would be grape grape jelly and this, I mean, if something? you make a syrup for any of these, like, you, okay. you know how, like, when you go to the store, you buy, like, in medium syrup and heavy syrup and light syrup? Yeah. That's to oh, help. is that the canning? Oh, yeah, that's so the canning that, fluid, basically. Yeah, exactly. Canning so can fluid? Make, is that the word? You can make a light, medium, or heavy syrup. Okay. And again, it's sugars, so the sugars help, you know, prevent uh, spoilage and stuff. So you can, I mean, if you just wanted to do grapes. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but we keep bringing up food spoilage. Did you know there is one food that doesn't spoil? There's only one? I think I know, but are you... It's honey. I knew it. Honey just doesn't spoil. But I didn't want to spoil your thing. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, honey. (laughs) Ah. I get it. Well, that's it for today. I'll be seeing you. (laughs) Uh, is that it for canning? I think, I mean, I... Uh, I know, you could go on for I hours. I could go on for hours. I, you know, again, I've never pressure canned, so I'm sure there are people out there that know a lot more about that. But um, I think, I mean, canning's so fun. Like, what if, it's fun to get some jelly in... I was going to say in the mail. You don't do that. <laughs> in the hand that you hand to someone else. <laughs> uh, it's fun to give the gift of like a jam or... Right? And it's know. also good to not give the gift of botulism to yeah. your friends. <laughs> no, it can be a little bit 
freaky at first because you read all these things. They're like, ah. But I think if, as long as you use that as like a cautionary reason to make sure that you sanitize your your equipment and your jars and you go through the right process and you follow follow the all process. the rules. Yes. Just <laughs> processy process. Just process. do what it says and then to do. You're fine. Yeah, you're good to go. Good to go. It's not that scary. Yeah. I mean, sometimes like you'll get some canned stuff from a fishy friend. You know, that's happened to us before. Somebody's like, oh, here, I got you some jelly. And, uh... The lid's not <coughs> all the way... I mean, it, the... Because if you can press on the lid and the little button Yeah, pops then back don't up, eat it. <clears throat> or if you can press on the lid at all, even if you press on it and it stays down, don't... I mean... Right, right. That's... It, nothing should happen it when you can. push the top. It uh, didn't seal. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, if you're... Question it, just don't eat it. Right. As they say... If in doubt, throw it out. That's right. Yes. But if in no doubt, eat it all. Is that how it goes? <laughs> no, it's if in doubt, throw it out. If it's good, eat it like you should. Oh, hi. <laughs> Ashley has a cat back now because she's hunched over. So, yeah. So remember, everybody, canning is not as scary as you think it is. And My we've been doing it for can? like 200 years. 200. You and I. Just Not us. us. Not us personally. <laughs> Humans. All right. Uh, my favorite thing to can, I think, is apple butter. I want to do more tomatoes, though, because to- I love tomato sauce. And My uh, favorite thing to can, I've never canned. Pickles. I've only watched you. That's pickling, though. We don't but can, you can You do. You still have to do a water bath for them. We did? Yeah. Oh, then yes. My favorite thing to can is pickles. Well, I guess beans. that's cucumbers. You like dilly beans? Oh, I love dilly beans. Spicy dilly beans. Spicy dilly beans. I think we're going to grow beans this year just for that. Yes. Oh, can Pickles. we do it with the super hot chili? Whoa. The ghost pepper. Ghost pepper dilly beans. We're doing it. Oh, this is going to we'll be you know so good. Yeah, if you want to buy some, send us a check for fifty-one fifty for one can, <laughs> and we'll hook you up. Why fifty one fifty? Uh, because it's a Van Halen album. Oh, cat! What do you stop? <laughs> She's knocking stuff over. Uh, such uh, a ruckus! All right, cat, so stop ruckusing. Thank yous are to our patrons oh, and all the apparatus for letting us use their song, "The Aeronaut," which should start fading in about now. Oh, I also want to uh, say a quick thanks to. I don't actually know how they... I think it's Fishier Farms or... But one of our lovely listeners slash uh, um, Instagram followers just totally made our our week by telling us that they got Angora rabbits after listening to our episode. So that was sweet and we hope it's going awesome. So now you can go can stuff. Don't can the Angoras. <laughs> do not do that. Please. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, okay, well, yeah, everybody, that's Thank it for now. Thank you all. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you want to be a patron, go to patreon.com. Slash five or ten acres. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Find us on five. I guess. Find yeah, us at all the social media. Yeah, find. It's pretty much all uh, forward slash five or ten acres. And if you like us, give us a give us a shout out or a rating. Yeah, we review us that. on all the stuff. 
appreciate it. Yeah, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, wherever it is you're listening to us from. Okay, thanks everybody. Okay, bye. Bye.